Our reading is taken from Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 4, commencing at verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Good. Thank you, Bill, very much indeed. Thank you, Mike and the band, for leading us in worship earlier. And it's great to see you all here this evening on an evening where we're going to focus particularly on praying with hope. And prayer will feature significantly in what we do tonight. And I'll say a little bit more about that in just a moment. But uh, first of all, for those of you who maybe may not have been here this morning, just to set the scene for 2018, where uh, Hope 2018 is our big theme for the whole year. And we had some text cards this morning which uh, there are a few of them left. I, I can't, I'm amazed that so many went this morning, but delighted as well. Uh, let's just put that on the screen as, uh, so that everyone can see the text theme. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So this morning we were thinking of overflowing with hope and this logo of hope 2018 will keep coming up in lots of different things as we progress through the year. A number of those, of course, are quite immediate. So on Tuesday evening, we begin Uncover in Kairos. And if there are those who you've, who've you, you have already invited and you're able to come with them on Tuesday, that's absolutely fantastic. If there's anyone who you could still speak to and encourage them to come and to come with them, that will be even better. So uh, plenty of these flies, of course, in the hub and in the entranceways do take them. And uh, please do pray for Tuesday evening. Peter Close is heading that. And then Saturday, New Year, New You. Uh, the Coppice Home Group have put this on, and uh, this will be in the church here between 10 and 1. Again, the flyer is in the notice sheet, so if you haven't seen that electronically or in any other way, please do make sure you pick up a notice sheet and you've got that, and uh, do come along yourself, see if there are others you can bring to, to that. Uh, interesting things happening. If you want to know more, ask uh, Amanda Crocker, Sarah Chair, Morag Fisher, those sort of people in, in that home group who will know all about it. Uh, this card just gives you a little bit of a rundown on some of the HOPE activities for the first quarter of the year. And then obviously as each quarter continues, there will be other HOPE-related things. And in a way, the whole idea of HOPE is not just to multiply our activity, but to allow that depth of hope to penetrate all that we are and all that we do. And that's why the preaching themes will be tied in very much with hope. And uh, we really want to capture God's vision of a people who are living in hope. So overflowing with hope was our theme this morning. And for me, it was a most encouraging start to the year. Absolutely delighted and uh, trust that uh, many of you have sensed the power of God's presence among us this morning. We're going to come to pray this evening. So what I'm actually going to say now will be a short sermon. 
and then we're going to give a significant block of time to prayer. And I just want to say now how we're going to do that so that you can kind of be ready and uh, just as the sermon leads towards the praying, so in your minds you can be thinking towards who you might be praying for. There are four tables around the building with candles on and a rough collection of chairs near to them. And what I'd like us to do when we come to the praying is to move into those four areas. So there's one at the back there, there's one here, one over there and one towards the front there. Uh, roughly the same number of people gathering around each table. And on each table, as well as a lit candle, there are 20 unlit candles. Now, I don't want to make too much significance about the numbers, but it just gives us a sense of proportion, I think. If we think this morning of 80, this evening, of 80 situations that are crying out to be prayed for, it might be something specifically to do with you or someone who you know and love. It might be something to do with the church. It might be something to do with the nation. It might be something across the world. Now, you may think, gosh, 80, that's a lot. But actually, it's not really because... Uh, it looks as if Ian has already done the maths and it's two each. So you only need to think of two areas of need. And if each of those are prayed for, then that's 80 situations that are prayed for tonight. You may think, I can't possibly pray out loud. And the pattern that I suggest is one that we, had, we used a couple of months ago as well, very helpfully, is that actually what you do, you pick up the candle, and uh, you actually say to the group, I'd like to pray for this person or this situation or this place, whatever it is. Light the candle. And then let someone else in the group offer the prayer so that it's a shared experience. And uh, then as someone else highlights a need, you will find, I'm sure, that you're able to pray. But don't feel you have to pray out loud. But I'm sure within the group, those prayers can be offered for every situation that is raised. So when we come to that time, gather around the tables, and let's see if we can light all of those candles. As uh, those of you who are comfortable to take part, I'm sure most, if not all of you, will be happy to do that. Just take a candle, light it, say what, it's, what we're praying for. Let someone else offer that prayer and then move on to the next thing. Why are we doing that? Because there is a powerful link between being a people of hope and being a people of prayer. It's not a magic formula. It's not that if we pray so many times for so many situations or so many people, then God is going to do something. It's not that if we pray more, then our hopes and dreams will be fulfilled. And if we pray less, then they won't be fulfilled. It's not like that. Rather, it is that if we live in a constant state of hope and expectation, then expectant prayer will be a natural part of who we are and how we behave. In our church, we have a vision statement. And there's a strap line within it on prayer. It says that we see a church whose prayer life is growing in a personal and open way. We seek to make prayer central to both our church community and our individual lives. We want to do some more work on that, as with a number of other areas of church life this year. 
We want to think about how best we come and pray together. But some of our opportunities for prayer are firmly in place and we can use them and use them more. We encourage people to be prayed for after the morning services. And there are those who take up that opportunity. And again, we can encourage one another to do more of that so that by praying together we can really offer to God those challenges that come to the surface through an act of worship. It's a powerful moment at the end of a service and such a strategic time to pray. We have an emergency prayer line, so if something crops up and you need people to pray straight away, then the facility is there. There's a note in the notice sheet. I think it's in the notice sheet this week. Rose is nodding, that's encouraging. Um, about the way in which we're just uh, transitioning the format of that from a sequence of phone calls to instant texts. So the need comes immediately to those who are on that emergency prayer line. Maybe that you've not yet been part of that, but that's something you feel you could be part of. The information is strictly confidential when you receive it, but you pray, and God hears those prayers. We have the rhythm of prayer every day. At the moment, our readings in the rhythm of prayer are from 1 Samuel, chapter 1 last week. The story of Hannah seeking God in her longing for a child and then handing that child over to God completely. An amazing story. And I felt the impact of it again as I read it this week. Again, I've put something in the notice sheet about rhythm of prayer in case you can be part of that on a regular or occasional basis. We pray in our home groups. Perhaps one of the stronger aspects of prayer. And maybe we can think about how being more how we can be more coordinated in our home group prayers. And we pray as we are tonight in Sunday worship in many different ways, whether it's led from the front, spontaneous, or in our groups. I wonder how much is prayer central to your life every day? Are those moments when you stop and pray? And what about the times when we come together to pray? If someone were to come for the first time to our congregation, would they sense that here is a church where prayer is central? That's the challenge. If we're to be a people of hope, we need to be praying with hope, naturally, expectantly. So what does this word from Philippians 4 remind us concerning prayer? Just a few very simple thoughts from that this evening. Philippians 4 and verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. This, if you like, is setting the scene for prayer. And in setting the scene, the suggestion is that we rejoice in the Lord always. So here's our hope. Here we are excited by who God is and what he does. We have confidence in the greatness of our God. Rejoice in the Lord always. And let your gentleness be evident to all. A gentle lifestyle, not an aggressiveness as we come to prayer, to arm twist a reluctant God, not at all. A gentle submission to the one who loves us so deeply and always knows what is best. And be conscious of God's nearness. The Lord is near. 
These are the thoughts that set the scene for our prayer, to be excited about our God of hope, to be gentle as we come to him and conscious of his nearness. But then we're exhorted in these words, not to be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Here is the active praying. Here we get down to the business. In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Don't just think about praying, don't just talk about praying, but pray. And as we pray, a few guidelines, I think, come out of these words, that we need to let go of the situation, that we need to not to be anxious, and anxiety comes from holding everything to yourself and trying to work your own way through. Don't be anxious about everything. In other words, let go of the situation to the Abba heart of Father who cares for you. Sense that depth of God's love as you pray. Let go of that situation to God. And find something to be thankful for. With thanksgiving we're invited to pray. And there's always something good in even the darkest of situations. So we can pray with thanksgiving. We can pray with expectation. And we need to ask God about your need or the needs of other people that you're concerned for. Or those needs that have come into your mind for whatever reason, whether it's reading the news, whether it's listening to conversations, whether it's uh, talking to people in the context of home or work or, or their environments or whatever it is. Many needs come to the surface and we need to offer them to God and we need to pray. Petition is the word we generally use for asking for yourself. Intercession is the word we use for asking for other people and both are important. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Remember Jesus said on a number of occasions, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. We've spoken of God's sovereignty, of his love, of his understanding, of his care. And it was P.T. Forsyth who said that love loves to be told what it knows already. And it wants to be asked for what it longs to give. We could change that word love to God. And we could say that God loves to be told what he knows already. And he longs to be asked for, for what he longs to give. Because God is wanting to draw us into that intimacy with him. Where we're depending upon him, where we're trusting him, where we're committing to him those needs that are on our minds and the needs of his kingdom across the world. And every situation is an opportunity for prayer. Nothing is too big and nothing is too small. Now sometimes it seems a bit odd to us that in our praying, one minute we're talking for the person who's sitting next to you, and the next minute perhaps we're talking for peace in the Middle East or something like that. Uh, how can we move, as it were, from the micro to the mega? And, and does that make any sense? Well, from our perspective it might not, but from God's, who sees all time, and all places 
the beginning and end, to, to whom nations are but a drop in a bucket. Yes, God can take hold of the micro and the macro, and they're just as important. And it is just as significant to pray for an individual need, to pray for a community, to pray for a mission opportunity, to pray for the context of a particular part of the world where there might be immense physical need or there might be injustices or there might be spiritual concerns where the answers seem to be totally insurmountable from a human point of view. But we offer them to God. Every situation is an opportunity for prayer. And we pray in the name of Jesus with the full assurance of all that he's done following his character and developing a relationship with him. And so the consequences of that active praying, the results, if you like, emerge in the verse that follows. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in the knowledge and in the love of Christ Jesus, our Lord. Not a certain, there's a certain promise of peace here. And that peace is not talking about the absence of difficulty and trouble. But it's talking about the presence of Christ. The peace of God which transcends all human understanding. Not a negative experience like the absence of war or the absence of noise or the absence of something else. Give me a bit of peace and quiet. It's not that kind of peace. It's not a peace from emptiness. It's a peace from an encounter where God, as it were, wraps his arms around you. Indeed, the image here is of garrisoning, of protecting your mind, guarding your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Not the peace of escape, but the peace of encounter, the gift of the Holy Spirit that God su supplies for our highest good. And with that promise of peace, there will be elements of surprise blessings. Because as we entrust the needs and concerns that we have to God, he will surprise us in how he works. And then there will be those times when we can bear witness to answers to prayer, like we heard this morning from Margaret. Uh, and it won't always be the same kind of story. There'll be different stories, but there will be different ways in which God is working and in which we can hear and respond to his answers. Sometimes it may seem as if you pray and pray and pray and there's no sign of God bringing an answer. And I don't think we should try and give glib explanations for that. Sometimes it can be deeply heartbreaking and soul-searching. We have to go on trusting a faithful God, a loving God, a heavenly Father, Remember that Jesus in Gethsemane cried out, My God, my God, why? Why he cried from the cross. From Gethsemane, slightly different, but the same essence of a heart crying out to God. Now we keep praying, and we do not lose heart. We face the challenge of answered prayer, 
and we continue to persevere. Because God is always working out his sovereign will. On the 6th of January 1918, King George V called a national day of prayer. So for those of you who've got your brains in gear, that means that yesterday was the 100th anniversary of that very special day. I couldn't help but think yesterday, what would have happened if Theresa May had called a national day of prayer in our country, following the footsteps of the king a hundred years previously. We, in many ways, it feels as if we're in a very different environment to the one that was uh, Great Britain in hundred years ago. But what a great thing that at that moment in time, the king called the nation together to pray. It was, of course, towards the end of the First World War and uh, a very intense time of uh, need in the country. We may not call the whole nation at this moment to pray, but I very simply invite you and I, those of us who are here tonight, to pray. To pray for our church, to pray for our nation, to pray for the wider world. If you were here this morning, I touched on many of the national and international issues that are a concern to us. Tonight, I just put one summary slide on the screen to give us some focus for our prayers. That if you're thinking of the church, we pray for Hope 2018. We pray for Uncover that starts on Tuesday. New Year, New You next Saturday. The baptisms next Sunday. Five people being baptized next Sunday morning. What a great joy. That's going to be a wonderful occasion. Their names are all in the notice sheet. Other things to do with church. Many of the regular activities that are starting up again. Uh, we could use all 80 candles to light candles for things associated with the church. But that will be some of them. And then some of your prayers will be personal. You'll think about people that God is calling you to come alongside. Remember from our Culture of Invitation weekend, we were challenged so much. I wonder what was the name of the person that you wrote on the cross on that day in the middle of November? And how has God been working in nurturing that relationship with them? And what is God saying to you now about them? Bring them into your prayers tonight. People perhaps amongst your family and friends, those who are close to you, who are in particular need, who you want to pray for this evening, for whatever reason. We widen our prayers to the nation. We pray for those who are working in the National Health Service in such a challenging environment, for those in education, in security, in politics, in dealing with Brexit and so on. We think of the wider world and those challenges in the Middle East, in Central Africa, global terrorism and climate change. I just give you ideas. There's plenty more. And so on the tables, there are those candles. They are situations and people crying out to be prayed for tonight. So let's move and gather around and pray. We're going to go straight into our praying now. And then after a time, around the tables, uh, the band will come back on the stage and draw us together through a song, and then we'll come to share in communion.